0: two areas or key areas when we think about career growth, when we think about, you know, identifying a job that you're really excited about and how to land that job. And the first is proactive. So it's actually prior to identifying that role for myself, prior to identifying the GTM fund role. And it's being intentional about your direction through a continuous feedback loop. And the second is proactive or reactive. Once you've identified a company or role you're interested in, the application process itself. Behind the scenes, it was a small group of people that were doing everything.
1: Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. I want to know how this insane growth actually happened. What are you doing when no one's around, no one's looking? Are you just showing up and doing the minimum? Or are you approaching it like a pro? To be a student of the game. This episode is actually brought to you by our friends at Base. Uh, DemandBase helps B2B companies hit their revenue goals using fewer resources. Now, how do they do that? Uh, They use the power of AI to identify and engage the accounts and buying groups most likely to purchase. They combine sales and marketing data with their own validated B2B data and then use AI to create account intelligence that informs every step of your buyer's journey. Uh, Super accurate company contact, technographic engagement, and intent data right where you work every day. And you can work right within your CRM, engagement tools, browsers, literally anywhere you're doing your workflows. And it'll allow you to start spotting opportunities earlier and orchestrate smarter sales and marketing motions. Uh, And you can see this all live Uh, at demandbase.com. That's demandbase.com. And check out their sales intelligence product tour. Uh, I think you'll be super impressed. Hello, and welcome everyone to the GTM podcast. This is a special episode today, and I will tell you why shortly. But as always, we appreciate you rocking with us. The support uh, recently has been incredible, Uh, seeing the downloads go up and up. Uh, and the support of the newsletter as well. So if you haven't checked out the GTM newsletter, uh, please do. Uh, But without further ado, I have to introduce my guest, who I'm super, super excited to introduce to the broader GTM community. I am joined by Sophie Buonasisi, our new VP of Marketing at GTM Fund. Sophie, how are you? Welcome.
0: Doing great. Thank you, Scott. Happy to be here.
1: Pumped to have you. Super, super pumped to have you Um, for so many reasons. Excited to have you on the pod today. Excited to have you in the office every day Uh, for our listeners. So, Sophie's now taking over the full GTM Now uh, brand. Uh, So, it's a media company that sits on top of the fund. Podcast rolls into it, the newsletter rolls into it. Um, You know, we do like 12 dinners every year, we do a big retreat. Uh, We're going to start doing some digital live events. We've got our first one coming up soon. uh, And I'll likely even try and rope her into guest hosting on this podcast from time to time. Um, I'm not sure you you know that yet, but I'm going to probably try and uh, get you uh, on here. Um, But couldn't be more excited.
0: That was your strategy. Say it live (laughs) so I can't
1: refute. (laughs) Now it's a thing. Now it's a thing. Um, All right. So Sophie, uh, for the listeners... Who is Sophie? Uh, Do you want to just talk a little bit uh, about your your background and how you ended up ultimately at GTM Fund?
0: Definitely. And I'd say it's it's not uncommon in the sense of like many marketers, I came out through a bit of an unconventional path. You know, I started in the public sector and federal policy analysis and writing before pivoting to tech. And then most recently, I spent four and a half years building a company called Spiralize or helping to build a company called Spiralize, which is a predictive conversion optimization service. So ran optimization strategy, then expanded to running our go-to-market. Incredible experience. We experienced tremendous growth, especially surging due to COVID. Built a product. It's fantastic. And it's been a really great transition to GTM Fund because At Spiralize, I was supporting SaaS and technology go-to-market leaders, Excel, in their function. At GTM Fund, I'm supporting SaaS and technology go-to-market leaders similarly, but more in their careers and also founders. So then the role itself has a slight scope adjustment. Also, previously, I was spread across a few different functional areas, whereas now I'm more greatly focused on my main functional area, marketing.
1: I love it. I love it. And it's interesting, there's some... uh parallels between uh, your background and Paul Irving, who many know who listen to this podcast, our platform director, who has now become a partner. So before Paul got into finance, he was at BC Children's Hospital. So Paul was literally helping save children. And you were at the Environment and Climate Change of Canada, and you're literally helping save the planet. So we not only hire weapons at GTM Fund, but we hire really kind weapons um i think that's it's super cool that must have been a really um interesting and uh gratifying role of uh, your time with uh the public sector
0: super interesting extremely gratifying and paul and i did have a great discussion actually as i was joining GTM fund just in terms of the parallels of our background and how we both had those similar experiences how we felt and how we both ended up in tech mm-hmm. out of them yeah
1: super cool um So we'll unpack some of that uh, as we go. Um, But, you know, for listeners, I I thought it was super important, one, that we bring you on, introduce you to the community, um, and welcome you to the community. But there is a ton of learnings, I think, that we can tease out from your hiring process. Uh, I think you ran an absolutely incredible process from application through interview to assignment to back channeling to to everything and you know right now it is a super tough hiring market out there um, it is it's a strange one i wrote about it this week on on linkedin but it feels like everyone seems to be hiring but then there's also a lot of really good talent in the market and not a lot of roles seem to be getting filled so it's just like Really interesting time um, to try and land kind of your your next role, and so I figured we could kind of break down uh, how you approach the the process um, both from my my side um, and then you know how you you pulled off what you did and became a front runner super early on out of literally hundreds and hundreds of of candidates um, out there um, but I guess start it maybe the beginning how, how did you learn about the role and then what was your first sort of reaction because I remember from my side what what uh you sent me on on LinkedIn but yeah talk me through kind of learning about the role why you got excited and then how you kind of planned out your your plan of attack
0: how I learned about the role first was actually from a LinkedIn post from yourself And I love that we're talking through this because we haven't actually debriefed the process at all between us. So this is the first time we're actually talking about it. Um, But yeah, through a LinkedIn post to actually yourself is where I learned about it. I was very devastated to see it had been live for two days on the website because I can imagine you probably got a lot of candidates off the bat. And then I saw you posted it on social two days later, which is where I saw it. And that's where I first learned about it and what went through my head was this is the perfect role for myself and in general <laughs> and that was really the initial reaction and then i'm happy to break down how i really planned out my plan of attack cuz it really starts before the application process itself really leading up to role before even seeing that post from yourself on linkedin and then the application process itself
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i think if i'm not mistaken i think it was a friday night that you sent an initial like linkedin message to me and a video i think it was a friday night i think it was like late on a friday night was it not if i'm getting that correct
0: it was late on a thursday Thursday. night okay i only know that because i sent it and i went to a soccer game late (laughs) because i was recording it and sent it
1: (laughs) making sure it's all perfect getting getting the takes down um I get you it. Know it. I do remember it was late because I was at at home and I saw it on my phone, um, and I was like, "Wow!" Like the clearly, you know, you just finished work uh, and then took the time to take that extra step and not just shoot me a note, but actually send a video that was really thoughtfully done. Uh, clearly, had put a lot of time and, and effort into it, um, and I thought that was that was super cool um, and definitely got my attention. You know, because a lot of people were just you know, sending a quick note, sending an email, sending a quick message, and anything that you can do that gives you any slight differentiation is huge. And, you know, marketers, that's what we're trying to do, you know, all day long. Um, But yeah, talk me through, you know, how, how you thought about approaching this application process. And you know, you're already, you know, maybe two days behind the rest.
0: Yeah. Already two days behind the rest is really a big incentive for setting the video. I would have sent it regardless as a video format. So overall, essentially what I did was I took an iPhone, self-recorded a video, pitching myself, and then sent it directly to yourself on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. But I'd say if we were to reel it back, it actually starts way before that, because there's really two areas or key areas when we think about career growth, when we think about You know, identifying a job that you're really excited about and how to land that job. And the first is proactive, so it's actually prior to identifying that role for myself, prior to identifying the GTM fund role. And it's being intentional about your direction through a continuous feedback loop. And the second is proactive or reactive. Once you've identified a company or role you're interested in, the application process itself. Mm-hmm. So we can break each of these down and happy to provide any examples related to the hiring process itself at GTM Funds.
1: Yeah. No, let's do it. Um, let's start with kind of that first pillar there. So proactive. How, how do you think people should be setting themselves up? Maybe they're in a role right now that they're enjoying, but they have ambitions to you know do something else or get an itch to get challenged again. Um, how do you think about that proactive piece when, you know, you haven't identified that perfect role just yet?
0: Being intentional about direction and proactive just through a continuous feedback loop. So what this means essentially is actively and purposefully taking action and assessing how you feel from that action in order to use that feedback to learn for future direction. And now I call it a feedback loop, not self-reflection or anything else, simply to emphasize the motion and continuity of the feedback It's a continuous cyclical cycle with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's super important to do proactively because growth is not linear. Your career probably won't be linear. Mm -hmm. And feedback provides insight for that future direction.
1: Totally, totally. And
0: it's actually, you mentioned spiral, or we talked about spiralize earlier. It's a very similar process to conversion optimization in a sense because it's the same principle. So say you want to increase your conversion rates, you have a, a vision and a benchmark in mind of where you want to get to you can't just go from where you are to that benchmarked vision in one experiment. Mm -hmm. It's an iterative process. You need a hypothesis. You need to take action. You need to analyze the results from that and then refine for future testing. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. You need to just take action. Even if you're in a role you really enjoy to explore your curiosities, to explore these other areas, because then you can analyze how you feel and adjust any direction accordingly.
1: Totally. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Keep keeping your head up staying curious, taking action when it feels right. And then, you know, adjusting that approach as you go. I also one thing that I've personally done, um, and I'm sure someone taught this to me, it wasn't like innate, but like every year, I'll kind of look back on my story and the things I've learned that year. And I'll kind of readjust how I explain my career narrative based on the things that I've learned recently, you know, because you can't paint a perfect picture of where you've been uh, in the past without all the information up until like this point. And I think a lot of folks, they'll kind of think through their career arc, you know, how you explain your experience to date through a lens of when you did that exercise three years ago, two years ago. And you just add a few things on where in reality, kind of the whole thing um shifts once you've had more life experience. You can realize maybe why you did things better or the lessons you learned with the mindset that you have now and I think that's similar to what you're saying is this it's like a continuous loop to yourself, what you want, how you tell that story to to others is is huge because that's essentially what you're doing, especially in the early stages of, you know, the interview process. You're you're telling the story of who Sophie is and and why you're the best person for for the job. Is is that something that you kind of actively did where you were at Spiralize uh, to kind of update your internal narrative, if you will, of your experience?
0: No, I should have. <laughs> in terms of pre- preparing for an actual interview process, no, and that was. One thing we can kind of get down to the second part shortly here, which is the application process itself, was I was not actively interviewing. So I had not prepared that kind of narrative, more so from a proactive approach around just diving into curiosities and areas of interest. So for example, one that helped ultimately, now retrospectively, you can actually put the pieces together, but lead me to GTM fund was that I've always had a magnetic pull to entrepreneurship. So with that entrepreneurial pull, passion for innovation, love for building, I thought for a little while that the direction for me would be to personally walk the entrepreneurial route myself. And I've tinkered with building things on the side, loved it, but found there wasn't really one thing I had the the fire to fight for creating a solution for where there wasn't already a fine solution in place. So I started to start things and then not really continue with that specific idea, which led me to ultimately think that I needed greater guidance and accountability in the process. So I joined a startup incubator. Now, keep in mind, this is super part-time, designed for people in full-time operator roles. This is more slight experimentation on the side. But the feedback from that experience and ultimately pursuing that passion and curiosity, was what enabled me to get that feedback. So paired with all the past experience leading up to it also allowed me to realize that my interest is more broad than actually one specific problem and is actually more rooted in a wider involvement and impact, the ability to support many founders in their journey,
1: which of course GTM Fund is directly in line with. Mm -hmm. Certainly in in the right role for that. And yeah, you get to be you know, call it an intrapreneur um, with the GTM Now brand, it is only six months old. So there is so much room for, for growth, exciting things to do. And, and you know, getting to own that and, and build that um, is, uh, is a cool way to flex that entrepreneurial mindset, uh, which many of us share at, uh, at the fund, uh, I think it takes that curiosity of an entrepreneur to be able to you know, dive into all these different facets of what we do with the fund, with the media and the community, uh, certainly uh, no day is, is the same. Um, okay, so you send this um, video to me, it catches my attention, uh, I, send, I send a note back, um, and at that point, I'd literally already had like a couple interviews um, from, from my side, and but I was like, no, this is awesome. And then I think uh, we exchanged a few emails, and then I I texted you because I saw you were in Vancouver, and I was like, "Hey, can you meet for for coffee?" And one of the things I really liked was the turnaround time on that was super quick, and you're like, "Yeah, I can meet like this afternoon," um, which is uh, is pretty incredible. And I think again was like, "Okay." This person really, really has the the passion for this role. Um, talk me through how you're thinking from from your end at, at this point.
0: I love that you picked that up because that was definitely intentional. <laughs> <laughs> so glad to see it was it was uh, acknowledged and appreciated there. But really, the application process itself it comes down to reflecting on what type of role you're applying for. Right? Is it a startup? Is it a larger organization with more structure? You know, in a startup or a role in a startup, even if it's tightly defined, it is a builder role, which is very different than a specific skilled expert role in a larger, highly structured organization. So the way I think about it is companies don't buy from software. People do. Companies don't hire people. People do. The Scots of the world do. And hiring is difficult. <laughs> so if you're hiring, you know, for example, yourself, you're knee deep in day-to-day operations plus you're hiring. So as a candidate for myself, what I'm thinking is, how can I make it easy for Scott? So in a sea of words on paper, trying to let action speak and demonstrate the skills and traits required for the role in the application process itself.
1: So huge. I mean, I think that's often overlooked. I think people focus so much on like what they're going to say and not the actions they're taking that either reflect or refute the things that they're saying, right? If you're like, yeah, I'm super like on the ball, hardworking, you know, ready to get things done, but then you're sending, you know, responding in an email three days later, two days later, you know, can't meet for a week. Um, Totally from a hiring manager's perspective, like all I wanted to do was of course find the best candidate for the role but also do it as quickly as possible. You know, I had to get a million and one things to do. Um and you know, over those like 3 4 weeks, um you spend 60% of your time in, you know, interviews and talking and following up with with candidates. And so the more friction you can remove as, you know, someone applying for a role, you know, they're they're just going to lean in more and more and it's kind of like just guiding them. Um, down this journey. Um, and it's very much like running a, a sales process, I feel like, um, which I think maybe you had a, a leg up on some of the the candidates that were strictly marketing because you did have some account management experience, I believe, and kind of more familiar with sales than maybe most marketers might be.
0: You got it. Yeah, it's very similar to that process. And I mean, it was a bit of a, a risky play and a bit of a trade off on my end doing the same day because I was. I mean, in a full-time role, so I don't have the time in the day. I'm on calls and things in the daytime. So really, I had a one-hour period to prepare and actually get to our conversation. So I would say I I weighed the options. I decided to align with that role and prioritize speed over preparation for the conversation. And thankfully, it worked out. But I did send a follow-up email that weekend, just elaborating on a few certain points of discussion, including examples for each of them, because I did optimize for speed. I didn't feel like I was as articulate as I normally would have been in the process. Yeah,
1: totally. Um, and I guess it's different for, you know, maybe larger organization, but particularly for a startup, I think, you know, that approach is the right way. like Optimize for speed and, I don't know, call it bravery of just like, yeah you can know you know as a hiring manager okay we're just talking now this is in 3 hours like she's not going to have that much time to prep and you know that shows a lot of uh confidence um in your ability um which was super cool uh i even brought paul down there so it was a double interview in one again
0: keeping me on my toes
1: it collapses the <laughs> right but it also collapses the time um this is like the the process time, right if that next step of like talking to Paul could have been three days and now you 're all of a sudden like three days ahead of um, maybe some other other candidates, uh, which is super cool um, and then another thing I want to highlight, and i don 't know how you did this and i want I want to know because we haven 't debriefed, but um, right in the middle of this hiring process, um, the team goes to Saster annual. We did a big event with OpenAI uh, and then we were going right into our big annual retreat. It's like a really big deal for us. We get, you know, 120 of our LPs and founders together. It takes months and months of of work um, and we we're really hoping like could we get someone before these things kick off? We weren't able to do it in time. But as I was at Saster, uh I kid you not. I think I counted like 12 people that came up to me uh, that were singing your your praises. So I want to know how how you did that, how you knew these people, knew me, or a few of them didn't even know me, but they must have like literally tracked me down and they made it their mission. In person so. at Sastra? In person it's Sastra, in person.
0: Interesting. That was not intentional.
1: <laughs> there was a lot of people. There was a lot of people that, that came up. Um, and yeah, I don't know how they did it. And then on top of that, so that was super interesting because, again, I'm kind of in conference mode, not fully thinking of this higher because now I've shifted gears, but keeps getting brought up. And then on this, at the same time, I had probably three or four notes on LinkedIn um, from people that I either knew or that were super close to my network. Um, so how, how many people did you reach out to and how many raving fans do you have that they would just send, send these notes?
0: In my, my email to yourself, I did list all the people that, or a good chunk of the people that did send direct endorsements. And essentially what I did was I cross-referenced your connections, Max's connections, and then just thought about our ICP in general at GTM Fund. So who's representative, re- representative of that? So in the role, again, this all maps back to what is the role? And this goes for any role, not just the GTM Fund role, but what's the role and how can you demonstrate those skill sets. So part of the role is community, part of it is marketing to our audience. And so taking both sections of our audience and at least having a couple representatives from each of those. And then also from, you know, a partner on the venture side. So I was very selectively asking a handful of people that represented our audience and represented the ability to form relationships in the community if they were open to Saying a line or two, that put into the video. Some of them said, "Oh, I'd love to just send a direct endorsement." Great, kind of just mm-hmm. whichever people preferred.
1: Okay, so back channeling, I want to highlight is just so incredibly important. You know, again, as hiring managers, we get a lot of people, uh, revenue leaders that hire a lot of people that listen to this, and like back channeling just de-risks the decision making process so much. You know, if people I know and I already tr- trust and have done work with have good things to say about someone and some of them had have, have worked directly with you, some indirectly, um it just de-risked the, the decision so much and that was something that I think that's when it was like very obvious that you were you were you were pulling ahead because no one was at that channel. No, I hadn't been back channeled by really like anyone else. Um and some of the the learnings from from my end, and if you're trying to get that that role that you really want, is don't like wait for references. Uh, do what you did, and and be super ultra proactive um, with that. Um, it uh, is super super important. And then another thing I want to highlight is so we gave um, kind of the top five candidates. So we had nailed it down to top five, um, and we gave them. Uh, an assignment uh, that was not time bound, that was on purpose from from our end. Um, and it was slightly vague, you know, you could answer it all in an email, or you could fully, you know, build out an entire, you know, strategy. Um, and, you know, your approach to that, um, also said a lot of kind of the caliber of, of work and how you approach work, um, do you want to walk through kind of your your thinking in that assignment and how you approach it?
0: Absolutely. I thought it was a really interesting assignment that you provided and thought that the approach of having more of a vague assignment was actually really interesting because from a hiring perspective, I can imagine that at least shows a lot just around people thinking what approach, what format do they even take, things like that. So the assignment was a growth strategy for the brand and the approach that I decided to take is more of a working format so less presentation style more how can we actually get into the sheet working together so it was a google sheet outlining all the different areas of the business and the growth strategies behind them so the quick wins the how to elevate the quality and then the effect that it has on the overall company flywheel and outlining those in a very working format you know not the pretty presentation tried to make the sheet pretty but it was very, very functional is the approach that I did take to it.
1: Which, again, I think was the right approach. You know, we, we kept it intentionally vague to really see how people were thinking about it. And, you know, moving as fast as we move, we needed someone to basically present a plan. And, and I looked at this and I was like, oh so if we could just go execute on this plan like tomorrow and it would start moving the needle. She like clearly has a grasp on our business, what we need, how we're thinking about it. Um, and you know, you did, I know you were working full time and you turned that around in just a matter of days, which, you know, again, it wasn't time bound for a reason. You know, we want to see people's kind of like hustle and, and, and grit, um, and how they're thinking about stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, it was super well done. Um, and I would say, you know, for folks out there who are trying to land a a role, taking the extra time on that assignment is so, so, so important, you know, add the extra day, you know, put the extra effort, go that extra mile, especially in a competitive situation like this. Like it's so, 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 so important. So like, just always be thinking, how can I up my chances, um, of success, um, couldn't be more important. Um, and then was it after or before you did the assignment and then the, the video was it?
0: Yeah. Same time. So how I thought about this was the assignment was a growth strategy itself, but what I wanted to do was acknowledge the endorsement endorsements to date in a sense of just wrapping everything up in one when I did submit it, but then also have a layer in between because the reason I did this wasn't actually from the reference perspective, it was more from the hiring perspective. And again, mapping back to the role, when you're in a builder role, character is super important. And it's so hard as a hiring manager to gauge character. So, what I wanted to showcase was a little bit more of my character in the behind the scenes that it's really hard to see in an interview process when you meet somebody for the first time or maybe twice. So I had, I think it was about 10 people that I intentionally selected, again, thinking about different ways that represent the role itself to actually record a quick snippet video just with some context on me or any kind of insight to who I am as a person or how they know me or if they've worked with me. And then I tied that back to one of the GTM fun podcasts when I did submit it. So when I went to submit the growth strategy, which was assigned and. Probably what was expected. I also submitted it along with a video and the direct endorsements. And then, like you said, time's a big thing, so I did try to optimize for time and turn everything around in about two days.
1: It was very, very well done. Um, and I remember watching that video, and I was like, "It just keeps going." Like, how how many people does Sophie know that that I know? Um, and it was brilliant, you know, cross-referencing people that I saw so many familiar faces, um, and then you know I guess the final step there, which again was was speed was uh you know max wanted to you know quickly meet you as well and kind of interview you and I think that was all turned around very very quickly um as well like as we were at uh the our retreat. retreat uh we were kicking off our our retreat and uh you nailed that one and I guess the the rest is history there um so congrats and I do want to also go how you approached your first few weeks on the job, because um, I am very confident that we one hundred and fifty percent made the the right decision because you've come in and absolutely crushed it and, and owned everything um, but yeah, I guess if there's anything else you want to highlight on the interview process, would love to hear it um, or would love to hear kind of how you approached your first um, few weeks because it was also super super impressive.
0: Definitely. And just the last thing to highlight would be you mentioned back channeling in terms of candidates, but there's also typically kind of the other way around and I'd say because you know you and Max have quite public presence and Paul's been on the podcast also likewise does it made it a lot easier to move quickly with you because you can gauge people before so I'd listen to the GTM fund podcast just from an overall industry education standpoint prior to joining GTM fund. And, you know, it's the little things really add up that shape overall perception. Like I've heard, you know, Max say once on a podcast, I think you were talking about firing on the office space. And he mentioned that it was simply decided upon because you texted him saying we should get an office. And so whether I'm conscious of, it or not, that just internalizes as, okay, they have an empowering partner relationship, both ways between the two of them. Same thing, you know, I've seen a LinkedIn post of yours, for example, talking about a couple of friends, speaking to supporting good people with whatever path they feel passionate about, you know, whether conscious of it or not at the time, those things really do internalize and shape how you perceive people. And it's mapping back and saying, okay, we have similar values. And so when things come around or when things came full circle in terms of the, our hiring process, those things really helped me move quickly too. And you know, thankfully, now that we do know each other, it's true, and those perceptions are right and accurate. So I'm I'm very grateful for that.
1: Likewise, likewise, that that is a really great great point to highlight, um, and that's. You know, going back to your uh, original thing about talking about being intentional, even when you're in a role and kind of proactive with your next opportunities, that is a really good way to do that is create, you you don't have to run your own podcast, but you can go on a few podcasts, be, be a guest on a few podcasts, maybe write a few articles that you just see if you can get published somewhere so that you have things to point to in these scenarios that require speed and require trust being built quickly. Uh, you can point to these things and people can get an understanding of who you are, how you think. Um, I often say, you know, content that I've created is just beacons for interesting problems and interesting people to find me. Um, and they're just like littered all over the the internet and people that share similar values or similar ways of approaching business will naturally gravitate to those kind of beacons over time. So um, that's awesome. and glad that Glad that came through Um, and so so pumped. And I got to share this because it was like such a happy moment for me. It was, uh, and I don't know why this was such a big deal, but but it was. Um, So for the listeners, like many organizations, everyone on the team, you know, we're a small enough team. Everyone kind of owns their specific uh, role and function. Uh, but we all do a, a weekly update, and it's in a particular format. It's via email. They're pretty detailed, probably ridiculously detailed. Um, but, you know, Max is remote. Uh, we're all moving fast. It's really important to just get pen to paper and tell everyone exactly what's going on uh, in your your role and your function and, and what you own. Um, and this, we had given you an email Um account which you were already like checking daily which I loved before the start date and then the week before your start date you actually uh wrote your own weekly update on the Friday when everyone else does in the same format um and I think that was the moment I was just like yes like this is we got another one of us and it it was it was awesome because I think taking that proactive approach um is exactly what you need to Really hit the ground running, and I think you had already met the whole team in person. Uh, you had talked to the the team. Um, yeah, talk me through your approach on just starting, and I probably stole a lot of your thunder there. But uh, it was it was an impressive way to start, so that your first day you could have an impact.
0: No, that's great. Definitely didn't steal the thunder at all. It's more so just thinking about how can you hit the ground running and and do any kind of preparation beforehand. So for me, that was getting access to accounts, being able to understand our workflows, kind of read through anything that I could get my hands on, if there's any shared documentation, get a a better understanding of the company and then the role itself and our different media assets, understanding how they function. And that really allowed me to be able to step in week one and be able to take ownership for at least one direct area that week and build out quicker and probably otherwise across some other areas also.
1: Yeah. And then nailed that first week. And then the second week, you actually traveled to a conference on our behalf, Shut Up Pavilion. You went to the GTM Summit, uh, which can uh, be daunting when you're still trying to learn like company narrative and and things. Uh, but again, heard incredible things from a ton of our LPs, a ton of our founders that, that met you, uh, which was super cool. Um, and even the small things like, remember you had photoshopped your headshot with our brick background like ready to rock you had a videographer come in and do like an announcement video um oh yeah all those things add up to again whether you're hiring or you're on your first little while it's like how can you build trust as quick as possible and i think trust is what allows for speed and startups you know the speed of how quickly you go is kind of like the currency, and so you need that trust there to move fast. Um, and it's yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool to see you build that in such a short short period of time. You
0: bet, and that video is actually a good benchmark because I always think about if you are able to record a video, speak to the company's value propositions, feel really comfortable and confident doing so on your first day, then that's a good place to be starting out because it's much harder to pick up the execution pieces while you're still learning more of the foundational value proposition information. And of course, I'm still absorbing and learning a ton, but being able to do that work ahead of time really enabled me to not only record a video day one, but just feel much more comfortable and and confident and really focus on other areas and execution as opposed to the learning of those specific value prompts. It's huge,
1: huge, huge. Um, All right. So again, I want to congratulate you on an absolutely incredible process uh through and through. Um, but I'm gonna switch gears a little bit and I am gonna go to a listener question, but I'm actually going to steal the question this week <laughs> and uh tee you up for a, a bit of a, a softball, we'll call it. Uh, because I know this is an area you spent a lot of time in and would love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, for the marketers out there that listen to this. Um What are your top tips for landing page conversion optimization?
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I mean, I could go down a long list, but I'd say two things that are super important just broadly messaging and perceived value in terms of how it's designed. So I'll start with the latter. Perceived value being people are going to impute the quality of the product, quality of the service from that landing page. So The design is important because it's forming that perception obviously you can get super granular and test every single element but i would just focus overall on how can you elevate the design make it feel high quality and then the former point which is the messaging and that is really focused upon how can you make it as relevant as possible to that person
1: yeah so so important over personalization i think relevance is is key um any tips or tricks to um make messaging more relevant it does it really come down to like the intent data or how you're tracking who's coming to this landing page or is it about iterate iteration and just like constantly testing um and that's a bit of a A tough question, but would love your thoughts. No,
0: it's a great one. It's a great one. And you can get super granular. It's a really fun area to play in because you can essentially segment and test the resonance of any kind of messaging based on those segments. The most valuable that I've found in my experience is qualitative research into how resonant that value prop is. So actually conducting ICP lookalike interviews getting their feedback on how that actually resonates with them to then create the hypotheses for each segment. And then you can personalize that messaging and test, of course, test that messaging based on each of those segments. So doing the qualitative research up front to actually formulate the messaging and then testing that messaging and you can segment it and personalize it if you'd
1: like. Excellent advice. It's it's funny. Like I feel like a lot of SaaS companies do a really good job at bringing in users to get their feedback on features, functionality, product roadmap, but it's very rare that we do that with our messaging. Um, and, I mean, that makes just total sense. Like, go to your best customers or go to a blind uh pool of your icp or your main personas and just see if it lands and then you know ab test that and keep track and make tweaks and yeah i think that's that's great advice for any founders or marketers listening to this uh if you haven't done that exercise i think uh Everyone should be doing it. All right. Sophie, two final questions for you. Uh, And you don't escape these final two questions because we ask them to every guest. And just because you are now in the GTM community and working at the fund, you still have to to answer them. Um, First question is, what is one thing that revenue leaders believe to be true that you think is bullshit? or no longer serving us, doesn't work anymore. Could be a strategy, could be a tactic, could be an old way of thinking.
0: I'm sad that I didn't escape these, but they're great questions, so I am excited. I'd say B2B and D2C being super different. The belief that they are super different. And they are, don't get me wrong, but the same principles apply, just need to be adjusted to different contexts, different nuances. You know, I saw this happen with conversion optimization. For efficiency, D2C running experiments way ahead of B2B. We've seen it with influencer marketing gaining traction in B2B. We're seeing it now with owned audience, same thing. So I'd say looking both directions for inspiration is important, B2B and D2C, because they ultimately come down to the same things regardless. Awareness and
1: trust. Absolutely. Yeah. Awareness, trust. And I think you mentioned this earlier in the pod that uh you said you know, companies don't hire people, people hire people. And, you know, people buy software, uh, just like people buy whatever they're buying in the B2C, D2C uh, world. And so you have to make sure that you're you're marketing to that human, not their their company. And I totally agree. I think we've seen it again and again, is all of these things start with consumer brands leading the way, and then B2B brands catch up like three to four years later. Uh, But I think that um, we'll call it copycat time seems to be shrinking uh, a little bit. So I think some of the better B2B brands are uh, on top of that. But that's a really good, good one. I like that one. Um, last question is that but flipped on its head in a little bit more positive of a light. And I know, you know, you're only a couple of weeks into this. Uh, but what is one strategy or tactic um, that's been working for you in your role uh, recently?
0: process has definitely been helpful. But you know what I find really interesting because GTM fund does it extremely well. And it was something I found worked really well at Spiralize too, is really a a people first approach to building a solution. No, I think it started off organically at my past company, just out of simple care and genuine interest in helping people across different areas of their careers or themselves personally. And you can see that at GTM Fund a ton. There's a lot of care. There's a lot of support that goes into relationships holistically for portfolio companies, for those in our community. And I think that is a way of building that works really well, a people-first approach and prioritizing how can you help people holistically.
1: Couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's uh, kind of the whole ethos behind the the fund is, you know, you get... A lot of really smart people who have the experience and a give first mentality and then you go find really smart people that are building and then you match those two and uh magic can can happen um both in the community and the fund and the media stuff we're doing um so i love that um well selfie I couldn't be more excited to have you on the team. Uh, the whole team is super pumped. Um, there's going to be a lot of exciting things coming out uh, over the next couple months. So um, excited to have you on board! Thanks for sharing uh, your your journey, your backstory, um, and kind of how folks should be approaching uh, the hiring landscape uh, today. And to all the listeners, I um, hope you found that super valuable. Um, We're going to probably release a full newsletter on this topic um, over the next couple of weeks, uh, go deep into kind of hiring both from the current landscape, uh, how we would land a role if you're looking for a role, and then on the flip side, how to attract sort of the best talent from a a company lens. Um, And I always say it, but listening is one thing, uh, executing is another Uh, Hopefully you internalize some of this, apply it to your job hunt or apply uh, some of these uh, thoughts around conversion to your business. Um, But before I let you go, Sophie, uh, where can folks connect with you? Are you most active on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn? Uh, What's the best uh, way to follow what, uh, what you're doing?
0: LinkedIn's the best place. Yeah. Feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. And also, if you have any feedback on GTM now, as you're pouring through any content or the newsletter, don't hesitate to let me know or reach out. Love to hear any kind of feedback in different ways.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate everyone for lending us their eardrums. And we'll see you all next week.
0: Thanks, Scott.